This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. How you doing? I'm doing well. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about composition in the frame and taking the object or whatever, kind of whatever you're focusing on and taking it off of center so that you have more space in the frame to kind of see what else is there and how you want to work on reframing. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking about it and it feels like there's the space of what you see in the frame, but there's also like the space in real life of if I'm photographing a person, what is the dynamic between me as the sort of photographer and sort of the space between us, like that energy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's, a, talk about it. that's an interesting question. I mean, um, different photographic artists have played around with this idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when we see a picture, uh, the unspoken assumption is, well, there's a there's a person there. I'm taking a picture of a person. What we forget is that it's a dynamic. There's a person there and there's another person who we don't see holding a camera. Right. And that photograph is really capturing that moment. Uh, that space and yeah. not not just a physical space, the emotional space of this thing. Uh, photograph. Uh, you you talked the other day about uh, Ralph Gibson's picture of Mary Ellen Mark, where he's reaching out his hand and yeah, she's touching exactly. it to put. He's putting himself in the picture, mm-hmm. and he, the photographer is always in the picture. Mm-hmm. It's just not always literally in the picture. Um, even. Um, I used to really enjoy uh, David Hockney's photo mosaics he did in the early 80s. Yeah. And they were really cool. And he was experimenting with sort of ideas of cubism and space and time, playing with all of these images. And sort of like viewing something in all, from all these different angles, but then at the overlapping same time. those photos yeah, so but that they strung together. And you'd see things that were... Different images taking at different times, but we're now seeing them at the same time. Exactly. That's what cubism sort of doing. I'm seeing the same object from different points of view simultaneously, mm-hmm. which is weird, right? Um, I wonder what he would think about like 360 photos. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like it's almost wasted because then what I liked about what I like about David Hockney photos is that we're choosing to see what he's focusing on and he's sort of picking that he's picking and choosing. Yeah. Whereas like the 360 is just like, Oh, there's just everything. Yeah. Uh, let's come back to that. Cause that's, it, that is interesting. But he, uh, in his three, in his sort of photo mosaics, he would frequently put his own feet in the picture, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like Ralph Gibson's hand mm-hmm. in that picture. It's like, He's making an, an explicit statement that I'm there too. I'm part right. of this moment. It's not just this thing out there. Uh-huh. And I like that. We often forget. I mean, there was a quote from Ansel Adams who was actually saying, "There's two people in every picture: the the photog- the photographer and the and the viewer." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I, I wasn't even thinking that. I think the photographer and the subject." Yeah. And whether you see the photographer in that is, you know, it's not always obvious, but it should be. Uh, something that's part of what is being captured in, a, in an emotional picture. You, you should understand that there's a person there. Well, do you think that when the um, when the photographer puts themselves in the photo, whether it's their hand or their feet, um, <laughs> do you think it is kind of encouraging then the viewer who's later looking at this photograph um, to sort of put themselves in the photographer's 
eye of the world? Um, maybe. Well, I think I think that um, we always are seeing it. From the, you know, we're always when we're looking at a picture, we become the photographer. We're mm-hmm. seeing what they wanted us to see. Uh, so you don't always have to have an explicit hand or foot in there to to realize you're seeing this thing. But it's a nice re- reminder. Right. Well, I think that, when I look at photos, I always I, I mean, I'm obviously bringing my own um, perspective of the world, my own sense of what I think this story is or what's happening. But when there's actually sort of this element or this uh, piece of quite quite literally piece of the photographer in it, mm-hmm. I do bring myself back to those eyes or like if it's if it's a male hand that I'm seeing in that photo, I'm going to see a different story rather right. than. Than it just being, being my own. Exactly. Right. Um, that's cool. I, you're right. I like that. Um, if you see a piece of the photographer in there, it's harder for you to be in that picture. Yes. Whereas when it's just the vantage point of a, of a person and you don't know who that person is, it right. can be you. Yes. That's neat. And, and Anyway, Hockney was, plays with that. Not a lot of photographers will put themselves out in their pictures, but it should always be clear that they're there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and it's and again, especially if you're trying to do something sort of intimate, uh, capture this intimate thing, you are now in this intimate space, you know, um, you know, you, you, talking about 360 stuff. I was I had a conversation um, uh, with a tech guy, Robert Scoble. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Robert. And we got into a kind of a debate because he was talking about, um, you know, Ansel Adams hauled this camera up a hill and he took this one picture of monolith half dome with the moon there. But nowadays you could go up there with a 360 um, (laughs) experience or a VR experience. And wouldn't it be better, he was saying to me, to like, God, I could actually go into Yosemite with Ansel Adams and experience what he's experiencing. Isn't that an improvement? Why have this flawed one frame when I could see everything he was seeing. Because we don't have little domes in our houses <laughs> that the, you like <laughs> pop your head into a little mushroom cap and like look at everything. I feel like... Our, uh, Robert would argue with that because he would say you will. You can put on goggles. You can do all this stuff. My criticism is that the point of art isn't to, to at least... See photo- everything? Yeah, I don't want to see every... I, I mean, yes, it would be awesome to go on a hike in Yosemite with Ansel Adams and see how he's seeing the world. Yeah. But his photograph of, of Monolith and Half Dome is a very specific construction he's mm-hmm. made for us to experience. Like, he might walk through Yosemite for hours having all kinds of experiences, but this is the, the moment he wants to crystallize and, and heighten in a certain way, seeing it in exactly this way and exposed. He described the print as a performance of mm-hmm. this experience. And I think it's missing the point entirely to go have a 360 where someone just is sort of there and can look around anywhere. I don't know what they're looking at. They could be looking behind me when something cool is happening in front of me. Well, it's just it's a, it's a record. And I think it's like the idea of the constraint, the frame. And this is what I want you to see. This is what I this is the moment of how I'm shaping this. And depending on how that's actually being cropped or framed, that's what's making the cutting room. Like for a video, you know, that whatever you're shooting as far as film, what you're leaving in what doesn't fall to the cutting room floor is this is what I want you to see. This is how I'm going to paint this story. Whereas if it were 360, can you imagine seeing a film of like a 360 film set? It'd be awful. Well, it's super hard. <laughs> I, I remember talking, a, a buddy of mine, Shannon Tyndall, uh, is an animator and mm-hmm. he did a, 
an animation that can be viewed in sort of 360. Yeah. And so the audience can choose whether they're looking here or mm -hmm. over to the left. And if you're trying to tell a story and you need people to be catching this moment where something's happening, yeah. how do you get them to look right where you need them to look when you need them to look there? And they still have this sort of sense of free will where they're looking around at what interests them. It's a hard, it's a hard project. Yeah. But I would say that for, for, for me, at least photography is purposely not letting you see everything else. I mm -hmm. want to show you, and honestly, filmmaking too. Yeah. It's about controlling sort of this, it's the story. I'm telling a story. Mm -hmm. So I don't want you to um, look all over and just have fun experiencing this thing. I want to tell you what I want to tell you. That's right. why I'm taking a picture and framing it and constructing it in this way. I do uh, think they're novel. I mean, I think that they're sure. they're interesting, but I, I guess I'd land on this this novel element that There's I don't all, want to yeah. I don't know I wouldn't want to see everything that way because then I'm like okay my head's spinning like when you look at on online or I know that Facebook has like the 360 photos so you have to scroll over you have to look around scroll up scroll down and then you're like okay well I've seen it all check I've checked the box I see, but I don't I, you know what I, I don't the, take it in <laughs> that stuff makes me crazy it's like it's they're getting very popular these sort of 3D pictures that people are posting on mm -hmm. Facebook now and to me, it's all a, it's just a little optical toy, mm -hmm. like a zoetrope. It has a little fun thing. It reminds me of, you know, lenticular lenses came out where people could look at stuff. And if you wiggle mm -hmm. the picture, it wobbles in yeah, a cool yeah. way. It's like, that didn't replace photography. Like these things exist and they're fun, but it doesn't give me a, a, a lot more uh, information in a way that's, uh, it's just kind of fun. You know, and so I, I think that people will get tired of this stuff like boomerang. Like they're, they're, mm. it's a it's a kind of a neat thing to do. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a different thing. And I don't really think it supplants photography. And I think that Robert's wrong in the sense that um, for the point of photography isn't to capture reality and share my reality with people. Mm -hmm. Um it's not. It's sort of a fiction. The sense that it's better that we can do away with a still photograph and improve on it by giving you a video of 360 experiences of everybody walking around. I don't think that invalidates what photography is. I feel like it's like your map of the of the U.S. is life size. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just what do you do with all of it? I, I guess for Boomerang, just get back for that to bat. <sighs> for Boomerang, to get back to that for a second is. Uh, I think it makes a boring moment or banal moment more interesting. I think that's the real benefit where it's something like a clinking the champagne glasses or confetti or whatever it is. It's it's not something that's necessarily that exciting on its own. You mm -hmm. could get a great single shot, but it just makes makes something super simple fun and funnier to to like watch again. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally convinced. <laughs> I do think that it makes sort of a boring thing a little more fun. And mm -hmm. that sort of, it's a whimsy. It's a, it's a little yeah. uh, diversion. It's kind of fun. I think the minute we see a bunch of those, they're going to get super boring. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, if you need stuff to make your boring pictures better, uh, <laughs> sure, you know, make them move a little bit, make them everybody wave. <laughs> but I, I, I think there's still the issue of trying to compose pictures as a as a fun art form, try to to speak your truth and construct something in there that is um, feels honest. We'd maybe talked in the past about uh, you know is photography truth, mm -hmm. is video truth, and I think we know all of this stuff is sort of a fiction. Uh, 
by by being in a photograph, it has been fictionalized. The only question is whether you're conveying something that's true, mm-hmm. uh, not is it objective reality truth. Uh, and we could get into arguments about the little semantics on that stuff. Anyway, um, well, where did we start on this? I mean, I, I, my big takeaway is you do not like boomerangs. <laughs> <at all. laughs> it's not that I don't like them. I just don't. You know what? It's not that I don't like them. I just don't think they replace or are the death of photography. Mm-hmm. I think they're just these other things that are kind of fun. But it's important, uh, for getting back to seriousness, I mean, just really what's in the frame is, is important. And whether it, it's Hockney and you're kind of creating multiple frames to create a larger uh, gestalt view, mm-hmm. or you're you're limiting yourself to just really, truly that one that one frame. But it's really important what you're putting in the frame. Uh, it's totally, I, I agree. And I think and to get back even farther where we mm-hmm. began this, it's like you, when you are photographing you can see that there's a sense that you're an observer and there's a subject Mm -hmm. out there. But I think your photography will improve when you think about it as a dynamic between a subject and a photographer Mm -hmm. that you're capturing. Uh, It it just might feel it's, it's makes it more intimate in some way, but it's a different, it's a different kind of. What I'd love to ask you, and I probably not on this show, but maybe um, a future episode. I'd love to ask I don't know when you're not feeling great or you're grumpy or you're you're bringing something to a photo shoot from your like personal life or just your whatever it is. How does that affect the photos, especially when you're taking portraits? Hmm. Do we have time for that now or should we think about it? Think about that a little bit. Um, Well, totally true. What your your mood goes into this. Do you remember when you're talking about um, how to be in the mood for trying on jeans? (laughs) Right. Emotionally ready. Emotionally ready. So so there's something there's something in that about taking pictures where what's your emotional state? Because it's going to come out in the pictures Mm -hmm. like it will be evident at some level if you're depressed or cranky or turned on or any of those things. Um, And, you know, I I think as a photographer, you try to. Uh, embrace those feelings and see if you can get them in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want something to color what you're doing. So it does have that personal, so you bring something to the table. So another photographer would take a very different picture of the same subject yeah. because of that. Because how it's affecting your view of the world. That yeah. Remember, because you were, remember you're doing this composing live mm-hmm. and you might want discord if you're grumpy, you know, yeah. you might want to, you look at the things out there and, be judgmental about them and mm-hmm. and it would be clear from your composition of you know at, at some level do you ever are you ever grumpy <laughs> i'm always grumpy <laughs> <laughs> do you are you ever have you ever been like just kind of annoyed or not in a great mood when you've been going into a shoot with a um with a model or shooting a portrait and that's kind of coming across that you're just like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm not in the mood for this. You're not able to make them comfortable or has it, has it been an experience that you could talk about that you've sort of noticed that really affecting hmm. it maybe in a negative way? Well, you know, we talked about f- professionals are the people who can deliver the goods. Yes. And, uh, and I don't like to think of myself as professional because frequently I'm not delivering on any goods. Yeah. I'm just, I'm sort of following my own path. Mm-hmm. So if I'm grumpy, uh, or I'm not connecting in in a in a constructive way. I mean, it's gonna it is gonna affect the shoot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that a little bit. And that's kind of a hard question. Well, I mean, I you know I'm not in the business of shooting 
people and portraits and mm-hmm. models and stuff like that. So when it happens, it's always it's always sort of a let's see what this is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I don't really know what's going to happen. So let's <laughs> try to figure this out. Um, yeah, let's let's do a, an episode. Let's do a special episode sort of about shooting people. It's it, maybe not models, but like your friends or something. You know, if someone exactly. sits down and says, "Here, take my picture." Yes. What's about to happen? How do how do how do we approach that? Why don't we pick that up as a new episode? That sounds great. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. For more information, photos, and show notes, go to www.neomodern.com forward slash podcast. Please leave a review and a rating on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to us on. That is uh, it's really helpful to us. And thanks to jazz pianist Mitchell Foreman for our incredible theme music. We appreciate everyone's attention and hope we've given you some things to work on and maybe think about until next time. <laughs>